You are now listening to the Hunter's Advantage Podcast. Christian Babcock, the host of the Hunter's Advantage podcast. And what we do on the podcast is we talk to disruptive companies in the outdoor industry, talk about innovative hunting solutions that are changing the landscape, as well as offer you tips and strategy for more successful hunts. All in all, I just want to help you become a better hunter by providing you with high quality knowledge and information that you can trust. Stay tuned. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Hunter's Advantage podcast. This is Hunt Talk episode Six, we're talking about last week's hunting adventures. We we had a hard time hooking up this week to do the podcast, so we're doing it later on in the week. But had a pretty good uh pretty good last week. I was I was down in southwest Oklahoma just filming Jake Air since I don't have any more buck tags. And Jake, you were actually hunting around home. Mm-hmm. And so you ended up killing a buck last Thursday. What was the what was the deal with that? You decoy extraordinaire for people have seen our Instagram posts. Uh, I guess you can call it a decoy. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of a decoy. Well, the story behind that thing is, is me and Christian like went in a these because we were super broke in college. I mean, we're still super broke, but we're not in college anymore. And exactly. we bought this little, uh, boss buck decoy i guess is what it's called or not not a decoy a, a target and the things had hundreds and hundreds of rounds shot through it and it's been left out for like two summers and looks like it's gotten ran over by a truck like there's one leg that's in decent shape yet the other leg's broken uh but yeah thought i'd give that thing a whirl uh i don't know it was like probably the, the weekend before that Thursday or last Thursday when I killed that buck, uh, I went and sat out there and I kind of rattled and I, and I had like four or five bucks just kind of start working their way into the field, kind of sparring with each other. And I was like, I bet you if I bring a decoy out, something will happen. And might not, might not have been the decoy that really like drew him in because there's also 200 bag, like 200 pounds of corn sitting in there. But you know, we're going to call it a decoy kill. Why'd you hold on before we get too far into it? One, I didn't introduce you. So for people that are listening, mm. Jake Gaylord, you've seen him on all the videos. He's been on the podcast. He needs no introduction. He's a big buck slayer, exactly. but why did you, why did you bring the decoy? Why'd you think the decoy was going to work? I think it was a lot of what you saw on that day where you saw four bucks. Yeah. Yep. What was happening then? Uh, I mean, kind of look around on facebook and stuff and you see you see deer kind of like i guess acting like they're they're chasing and you know you, you drive on the side of the road and you see you know a buck chasing around a doe and you're like oh well i guess it's kind of heating up so i went out one evening i think it was after no i think it was sunday evening we just got back from from where from uh southeast oklahoma so we got back that Saturday night and then I slept in Sunday and then Sunday evening I was like, you know what? I want to, I want to go out there and just try it. Haven't been out there in a while and walked out there, set in the blind and I decided to give the rattle a chance because it kind of worked last year, I guess on one buck back there that we, that me, me and Abby didn't get a shot at. 
and just, you know, just trying it. Couldn't hurt anything. Went out there, rattled, and waited about 10 minutes. And then I thought I heard what seemed like a grunt coming out of that tree line. That I guess it'd be the north tree line there. And so I immediately pick up the grunt tube and I grunt back. And before I can even put the dang tube back down on the ground, uh, I just see it. I didn't know it was a buck at, at, at the time, but I, I just seen it, the figure of a deer about 150 yards away just kind of stopped and looking dead at me. And I was like, oh, great. You know, I thought it was a doe and she was just going to blow and run off. Because, I don't know, it was about 45 minutes to an hour left of uh, daylight. And it just ended up putting its head back down, kind of cruising out in, in the field. I got my binos up, and I was like, oh, that's a buck. And it was a pretty decent buck, too. So I was like, well, it can't hurt, no- can't hurt nothing now. And I was like, well, if that grunt didn't scare it off, I want to try rattling. Because usually when you see them out there, they're only there. Like, they don't really stick around a mill in the field from what I've seen before. They usually just cross the field and go in, go in the next tree line. Cause those are those Craig County deer. They know there's a shot's uh, fixing to ring out. They know better, but, uh, <laughs> so he started just heading to the next tree line. I was like, well, I'm not just going to, going to let him walk away. I want to, you know, give it a good shot. So I picked up the rattling, uh, horns again and kind of hit him together and his head shot up and kind of looked my way. And then kind of, he just put it back down. Like, like nothing ever happened. He, couldn't see what couldn't see anything in that direction so i guess he wasn't too worried about it and then you know i hit them together again and about that time he looked to the tree line and here come two little two little i think one was a spike and one was a little four point and they come kind of moseying on out into the field and uh kind of start sparring with each other so he kind of trots over there and breaks them up i guess which buck is this uh I consider him a, a, a wide eight. He's wide for what's around there, I guess. Like 17 inches? Uh, probably, probably. Yeah, 16, 17. Uh, yeah, so he kind of trots over there towards the left side of the field, kind of where they came out at in here. The whole time, these three deer are probably 150 to 200 yards away, and I just have my bow, so that's not going to happen. And breaks them up, and so I hit the horns together again, and I'm like, well, you never know. So hit them together and they all look up, look my direction, but they don't really, they don't really care about, about what I'm doing. Hold on, dude. I got a damn dog that won't leave me alone. I want to go. Don't banish him to the backyard. I'm not. I'm going to banish him to a room. Well, you got multiple. Pick one. Dude. He just. He's basically trying to get in my lap. He's a 70-pound dog, and he thinks he's a lap dog. He is a lap dog. He's the baby. Oh, look, he's scared. He's a little homie. Uh, Anyways. uh, Yeah, so I hit the antlers together again, and they kind of, you know, all look up, look in my direction, don't see anything happening. and so they Because there's no decoy. There's no nothing there for them to look at. Exactly. And... So they start kind of working, you know, they don't really care about what I was or what I was doing, but they all started like milling around in the field because it's just nothing but a big old pecan orchard. And about five minutes goes by and there's another buck that, that enters the field 
and I'm not really paying attention to him. I'm just paying attention to this this wide one because it's the biggest buck I've seen there in a while. And so I got the camera all zoomed in on him, and all of a sudden, I'm looking into the into the the camera uh, the camera uh, display, and I just see another deer kind of enter in, and I'm like, oh damn, that's my other buck that that I have on camera, and these were the two biggest bucks I had on camera at that point. And they're both like 200 yards away from me in a field. And so I guess the, and he goes by the, the tall heavy eight because so the big wide eight's the one that came out first. And then he's the tall heavy eight. Well, he goes and kind of checks, checks out that wide eight. And cause I guess maybe that's where he thought the rattling was coming from. I don't know. And you can kind of see in the footage that he goes over there, checks him out. The white eight doesn't want really much to do with them. So he kind of, you know, scurries on and he's just like, Hey, we don't have a problem here. And the whole time they're having a little, you know, uh, a little meeting, I guess there's two little bucks in, in the corner of the frame, kind of just place barring. And so after the white, the heavy tall eight kind of runs or I guess checks the, the white eight, the white eight kind of, I guess has a little bit of a, I don't know. I don't know what you call it. He goes over there and checks the, the, the smaller bucks. I guess just kind of help his ego. They have, a, they have a pecking order. He has to. He yeah, has to go. Exactly. Pick on, he has to bully somebody else. That's. I mean, that's literally what it seemed like. But long story short, what I was doing the whole time there in the field, there in the field till dark, and the whole time I was just sitting there grunting. I was trying to do a little bleat. I was smacking the horns as hard as I could together, and the whole time they were just looking up at me, but they didn't. They couldn't see anything happening, so they weren't going to go check it out. And I was like, man, if, if I had a decoy, I guarantee you that would have worked. Because each time I hit the, the horns together, one of them would go check out. Yeah, you're muted. Whoa. Oh, there you are. There you are. Abby tried to call me. Yeah, you're back. Dang, dude, I can't. I, I don't have any free time. Uh, Tough life. I know it. I know it. Let me tell you. Just kidding, I get all the free time in the world. But, yeah, so fast forward to a couple nights later, I'm like, well, I talked to you, and we kind of discussed on whether I should move the blind or not. So I went and bought, like, 200 pounds of corn, moved the blind to kind of where they were kind of walking towards to on that, what would that be, I guess, the south tree line. And so total, I moved it, like, maybe two, uh, it was probably. It's a ways. Yeah, I probably moved it a hundred yards kind of closer to them dumped out corn and I went ahead and brought my decoy out there that night. I moved it and just kind of, kind of threw it in the blind and uh, yeah, Thursday off work because of veterans day go out there in the evening and Veteran, wait, veterans day is a holiday. You get off work for that. That's that they, yeah, Dang. we had off work. So I went mode and then, I was like, eh, I had like three more yards, dude. I was like, uh, they can wait till tomorrow. Yeah, it was and, cold. Yeah, it was. So went out there. Didn't really plan on seeing anything because it was pretty darn windy. But I was like, I got corn out there. That's always a good sign. And uh, yeah, I guess the video kind of will explain the rest whenever that comes out. Yeah, it'll explain the rest. But we can, we can talk about it here. You set up our Glendale full rut decoy that's been smacked not decoy I, I can't believe i'm calling it a decoy yeah i know a target it's hey. not a decoy 
it's more of a decoy now than a target because because it won't hold any arrows at this point. It's a decoy by default because you shoot an FMJ and it's going flying through that, that oh, thing right now. Yep. So you set it up like what was it like ten yards from the five yards from the corn? Uh, so the decoy was twenty yards away from my blind and it was like probably five yards in front of the corn pile. And uh, so when I went to set this decoy up. Okay, like a couple nights before when I went and moved the blind and did and did all that other stuff, I threw the decoy in the blind and I sprayed it down with Cinaway just to let it soak in the Cinaway like for a couple of days, I guess. And right before I, I was leaving, I was trying to move like a chair and all that stuff, throw it in there. I accidentally, like I had the, 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 the decoy like uh, leaned up against the, the blind wall. And when I went to get out of it, I accidentally tripped and I stumbled and I stepped on one of the legs that was already halfway mm. broke and snapped it completely in half. Mm. And I was like, well, this is great. I guess I can bring duct tape out. Well, fast forward to Thursday evening, I forgot the duct tape when I got out there. And I was like, how am I going to make this work? So what I did is I broke a stick, shoved the stick up into the foam of, of the decoy. And then when I set it down, I just put the two pieces together. Mm-hmm. routed the leg back together that way and it wouldn't hold itself up so i had to get another stick shove it in the ground and then just kind of lean the decoy on it and press it into the foam that way too you can see in the picture that that one <laughs> talked about but yeah so i was like hey it'll probably work and that decoy is kind of intimidating though it's got like a 140 inch rack on it yeah that no, thing's got a nice rack it, it has a body of a of a freaking golden doodle but it has it does have a big old rack on it. And those that that buck that you ended up shooting, he he was gonna come be the big dog of of that decoy. He was thinking so. So did you grunt a rattle or anything when you came in, or did you just let the decoy sit? Uh it was super windy, so I mean I rattled, but I honestly, like in my opinion, I don't think the rattle did anything because I, I rattled like two times. Uh once it was like an hour and a half before dark, and the other it was it was probably like 45 minutes until, until, uh, it was going to get dark. And he came in like 15 minutes after that. So I doubt the rattling had anything to do with it. Did he come up and he came in postured? Yeah. Where I was, I was on the South, South end of it. And last time they came in in the North tree line. So I kind of figured where they're going to come in at, but I was sitting there and I didn't see where he initially came out at. And so I only saw him on that, what would that be? That'd be the east tree line kind of walking towards me. And I, I, I only saw like the butt end of him, I guess, when I glanced up from my phone. I was like, oh, what is that? And I kind of kind of looked and I, and I seen it was a it was a buck and it was a nice buck. And I was like, okay, here we go. And the thing, at first the thing started coming straight towards it. And then after a second, it was kind of stopped, check it out. It kind of bristle up, pin its ears back a little bit, which I don't know if I have that on film or not because I was trying to get everything ready and uh and then sooner or later he just stopped and he went circled way around basically and because the the wind was was heading straight east and he came out on the east tree line but he had to come uh south a little bit walk south to get to there so he circled the decoy trying to wind it and when he came into view i mean obviously he was straight uh straight downwind of that decoy but i drenched it right after i set it up too so i didn't I didn't think you'd smell anything, but you never know, I guess. 
Are you pulling it up? So this won't, this isn't going to, we're not going to release a video version of this podcast. Okay, cool. But what did you think? Like, what's going on right here? Like, as you can see, and you guys will see this on the, the video when we release it on YouTube, but you see this buck, like he steps into the frame. And now that I've got to look at it, I couldn't really tell on my phone the first time I saw it. But now that I look at it on my computer, this is a mature deer. Mm. He doesn't, he doesn't have like a, 140 inch rack or anything of a of a mature deer but a lot of really good eights never get that big this dude's got a freaking deep barrel chest saggy belly he's got some sort of sway in his back right here and he's got a fairly big neck and he's just like he struts into this frame what are you thinking right here well right right before he's in the frame like I could have shot him and, and it kind of, it kind of went through my mind. I was like, I was like, oh, I, I probably need to take this opportunity before he, before he wins this decoy and busts. And I was like, you know what? He, it's not like I'm looking at 170 inch deer. We're going to see what he can do, I guess. And yeah. then as soon as he got in the frame, he kind of held up right there. And I was like, ah, it's probably time. Yeah. So how far is he at this point when he's sitting, uh, he's like just mad dog in the decoy right here. I didn't range him, but I knew the decoy was at 20 and he, it looks a lot for he looks a lot further back than like in that video than he actually was but uh i held him for 25 and i know he ducks quite a bit but i haven't really watched it frame by frame and see if he actually ducks into the arrow or or whether he started ducking as soon as the arrow hit he's so the arrow hasn't hit right here and you can see his legs are already bent Mm-hmm. it's about to hit. So, I mean, I, I bet he's got two, three inches of duck right here. Maybe he's just got a slight bend in the knee. Yeah. But you freaking, was he quartered to you a little bit? So I didn't think he was quartered to that much. And when I, I, I mean, because he only ran to the edge of the field before he went down. And when I rolled him over, I wasn't expecting that exit to be that far back because it was like dang near in the flank. Oh, so he was quartering pretty hard then. Yeah, he, he was quartered very hard. But you hit, I mean, apart from hitting him in front of the, I don't think you could have hit him in the front of the shoulder. He's not quartering that hard. No. But you, no. you s- destroyed him right behind the shoulder. Yeah. I, I knew when I shot, like, like as soon as it hit, I seen where it hit and I was like, I, I was like, Oh yeah, here we go. And then he did that little crow hop, like right in the middle of the field, like he was trying to jump a fence. And I was right. like, he's hurting, hurting. Yeah, he doesn't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, I was I was excited. Cause I, I mean, I've never really seen a buck like that just kind of work a decoy, I guess. I mean, granted, I've never tried it. But, uh, yeah, I, I was for sure happy with it. I've never even had a decoy to bring out it to even try. Yeah. And usually I think about it like when you're hunting in Northeast where we're from and where we have hunted forever, I don't really use these very aggressive approaches because I'm like, listen, I got one deer. I'm going to get one opportunity all year and I'm not going to mess it up with a freaking decoy. But, you know, you got some good deer on the wall now. Why not get aggressive with it? Yeah, that was kind of my thinking as well. I mean, I was like, well, I hunted hard in, in, in uh, southeast. That almost paid off, but didn't. I mean, at this point, I was just like, I can do everything right, and it and it still won't pan out for me. So I might as well try to have fun with it. <laughs> How much? So our friend group uses for people that are listening to the podcast. 
we use the word in a blender a lot and it just means that your whole like your whole world's getting shook up like you're down bad as yeah. another analogy you could use how much were you in a blender from the week in southeast to like when you shot this deer like how not how desperate but how much how much in the blender did you feel so i get down there southeast saturday evening and i hunted saturday evening and i was i was so so excited like i couldn't really sleep the night before you know and then wednesday or wait that'd be friday yeah yeah friday when when you're at work you're just like i just gotta get through this day and then you know i'm in southeast for a whole week yeah and so you get down there you fly down there try try to get the evening sit i don't think i've seen anything or heard, or i heard blowing saturday evening you saw a fox i think yeah yeah i saw that red fox and and then sunday i seen uh i had that encounter with that that one buck came in at 45 and then uh smelt my tracks and then wouldn't give me a shot then uh you know so that got me both encouraged and discouraged at the same time because it's just like down there it's like man i don't know if i'll have like that good of opportunity again and so i mean that was that and then it just kind of went downhill from there like i i I seen bucks but not, not, not really like i had two other encounters that whole the rest of the six days six seven days that we were down there and both those encounters probably you got me now yeah had another phone call love it yeah so uh uh i don't know how much you got of that no you said you saw bucks or you had encounters the rest of the six or seven days yeah i had two encounters the last like six days down there and all like both of those encounters probably lasted maybe a second and a half. You basically just got to see big bucks running away from you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that sucks so bad. Yeah. So <laughs> there you go. There he goes. <laughs> did I cover that last, last podcast? No, we didn't ever, we didn't talk about the weekend oh, okay. Southeast because okay. so yeah, we never just, got on. Yeah. Just do a rundown. So that, that encounter happened or, or the, the first encounter happened Sunday morning, the very first morning sit we were down there. And I had a buck come in at like like 30, 35 yards back behind me where I expected them to come out behind me. And everything was perfect. You can't really see back there, but I heard them coming, like like walking in because the leaves have already fallen. I had the second angle rolling. I had my big old main camera already pointed basically at him, but I didn't have it zoomed in. And I was like, oh, this is too perfect. I ranged the brush pile he was at. It was like 30 or 35. I forget which one. And I was like, and, but he came just moseying in, didn't have a care in the world. He's going to walk right in front of me. So I was like, I might as well make this look good. So I have a DSLR camera. So I had to, can't just press a button for it to zoom in. So I had to like basically hold my bow with my other hand, zoom it in real quick. And when I went to zoom it in, he, he started walking again, didn't see me, but he just started walking. And, but when he started, he started going straight away from me and, uh, he got behind a tree and then he, you know, he started kind of working his way out in the open a little bit, but he was behind the limb and I ranged him. He was at like 45, I think he was standing right next to a tree and I ranged a tree and the tree was at 45. So I moved my side, you know, 
got it set for 45 and he just wouldn't take two extra steps. And later after he, he, uh, he ran off, I realized the reason he didn't take those two extra steps is because that's the same path I walked in on walking to my stand that morning. And I usually don't take that route. And now I know why, but I was just like, Oh, I knew there was a, a decent sized bear in the area. So I oh, guess that's fear, a big bear. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess Probably 400 fear, pounds fear kind of got the best of me. So I was like, I'm going to take this route instead of walking next to the Creek where I probably know he's hanging out at. And so I took that route. And of course the one time I take that route is the one time I don't need to, you know, I don't need to. That deer ends up putting his nose down, smelling exactly where I walked in, kind of putting his head up, looks straight at me because I'm kind of moving in the sand, trying to get an angle at him. And he kind of just turns around and trots off. And that was that encounter. And then I think the next one was like Tuesday or Wednesday. I think it was Tuesday. Yeah, it seems like we went a couple of days every time. Yeah, it was like Tuesday evening, I think. And... uh trying to think that was the time that you thought it could have been the big seven the big seven yeah that's right uh yeah. so it was like super super windy i think uh yeah because tuesday morning we couldn't couldn't hunt because it was raining right that was wednesday morning that was wednesday morning yeah i think it was the morning before you had seen okay. that one okay morning or the or it was the evening before it was the evening you saw that during the evening because it was like at three o'clock you turned yeah. around you said they were running off yeah, so it was super windy, I guess, because because that, that, that rain was coming in. And so there was a whole bunch of leaves on the ground, but you couldn't couldn't hear anything. Plus, I had the hood up. Wind was hitting me straight from behind, which is fine, because I expect them to come out from behind me. And uh, so I put my hood up, because you, you know when you put your hood up, like you don't have that good of peripherals after that. And you can't hear where the crap. And you can't hear, plus it being windy. So I was like doing my best to like stand. And it will not stand just kind of look around because I knew, I mean, you're not going to hear anything, but I have this thing where I usually try to stand like, cause I use a climber. I usually try to like just stand up for the last two, two and a half hours worth like of hunting. And it was like three o'clock at this point. And I was like, I should probably stand. Cause it, it, I was thinking about standing because I think I got out there at like one, one thirty. Because I think we just now went and looked for your deer, didn't didn't we? Or no? I shot my deer on Monday. Okay, no, I'm I'm confused. But anyways, I was just about to stand, and it was like three three thirty, and I kind of looked to my right a little bit, looked to my left. I don't see anything, and I literally go to just stand up, just to stand up for the evening, because I like to already be stood up whenever a deer comes in. And I didn't check literally 180 degrees back behind me because I couldn't see and I didn't hear anything. Well, as soon as I go to stand up, I hear what sounded like deer running off and I go and look and I just see two white tails, probably 25, 30 yards away from me running directly uh, away from me and they don't really blow. I, I see one's a doe and I'm like, Oh, that sucks. And then I, see what's following her and it looked huge uh he wasn't the widest but damn it he was tall and i was like well there he goes and i and i, I kind of 
was kicking myself. I was like, man, I, I, I should have known. I should have just stood up or I should have just stayed sitting down, you know, played, played one more game on my phone before I stood up or something like that, you know. And uh, I got to thinking about it, you know, just the frame of that deer and kind of sifting through some pictures. And I was like, that looked like the big seven. So I pulled up the picture of the big seven, which is from last season. It's the one Carol had a shot at. Uh, uh, I guess in the last last year's rutcation. Yeah, it was a second week in November, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So Carol had a shot at that deer, same exact tree, and I can't a hundred percent like identify whether it was that deer or not, but it sure looked like him. That was his area though, too, because Carol yeah. shot at him out of that exact tree yeah. a year ago. Yeah, and we knew he's coming off private. And the night before, yeah, because that's what it was. The night before, at very last light where you couldn't even see anymore, I heard and seen a doe, and something was chasing that doe, and they came from private. So if it was that same set, I mean, then he came off private. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. So I don't I don't know. Could have been. So that was a kick in the nuts, and that was only Tuesday, I think. Right. So we then sl- we-, we slept in that Wednesday because of the rain. Mm-hmm. And then, well, by the way, we're talking about we're talking about the week previous to Jake shooting his buck. I talked about this by myself in the last Hunt Talk podcast episode, but Jake wasn't on it to tell his side. Hmm. Yeah. So, anyways, fast forward Wednesday evening. Yeah, Wednesday evening, or it could have been Thursday. Uh, I think it was Thursday to be honest. Yeah, it was Thursday evening because. Each time I, I go out there and I'm like, okay, if I don't see anything this hunt, I'm going to move next hunt. And, of right. course, I, I see deer. But this deer, it came from private. And I didn't even really get get to tell, like, which deer it was or how big he was. He, but I just heard him come from private. And he walked right by that brush pile, basically, where, uh, where Christian uh, shot under, or I guess you shot under that buck. Uh, at like 35 yards and then ran to 74 yards and you shot and hit him. Yep. Uh, he basically took that ex- same exact path or not same exact path. He was right in front of that brush pile. And then he took that little path that Christians kind of took when he went out like 74 yards and I never could just get a clear, clear shot at him to like range him and stuff like that. And so I couldn't tell you how big he was, but I figured he was a shooter since I could see the horns at 74 yards still. That's always a good a good sign if you can see that they're a buck from a long ways off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what did, what did you the the rest of the week was fairly uneventful for for you as far as like I think you got blown out one more time on like the last evening and saw some mm-hmm. hogs and stuff. But what what do you think you came away with in that week because there's usually like i think we've talked about on the podcast before there's like two different strategies that we've used in hunting this public we run a ton of trail cams which can be like the devil and the best thing ever so there's been two strategies one has been consistency if you sit in a decent spot long enough you'll shoot a good buck that's worked that's worked for you and yeah it worked last year and i'm still kind of holding true to that because i think it would have worked this year too I mean, it, it basically did work. I just, it just didn't fall like the stars didn't align. I and mean, I had three, three different bucks 
all basically within shooting range at one point within that week time. So, I mean, in a sense it worked, but, uh, then you got Justin over here and, you know, uh, Jordan and, oh shoot, Jared, Jared Lee. Yep. Yep. Uh, just all jumping around, moving spots, hunting different spots, every single sit. And, and, you know, I guess they came, they came away the real winners. So every uh, one of them shot a deer. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess down there either, either way could work. Uh, if everybody else has seen them and stuff like that, definitely jump around. But other than that, I mean, I think, I, I think consistency still works and it, and it still would have worked, still would have worked for Carol, still would have worked for me, but it just didn't, just didn't happen. Well, it worked in a sense. Like if you get a deer within bow range, I consider well, that success. You just didn't get to fling. Yeah. I had one within, within 35, 40 yards that I actually seen before it seen me. And then Carol the same way. Carol had that that one nice one at like what forty seven, forty five, mm-hmm. which is I've seen him shoot at forty five. That's a that's a flingable range. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, consistency works. So I mean, I can't really tell you one way is better than the other. Yeah, that's true. I th- I, I would agree with that statement. But that was a it was a good it was a good week all all things considered. It's just didn't get everyone didn't get to release an arrow yeah yeah i mean it was fun uh we were down there like what a total seven eight days and it flew by it literally seemed like a weekend like it was fun but you also get in those mindsets because you got to think you sit down there and you're literally sitting in a stand for what like 10 hours a day yeah it's worse than a full-time job you're spending more than that in a tree yeah. This and, is before the time change too, so it's not dark till seven o'clock. Yeah, and it, it seems all 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 fine and dandy. But uh and I mean you're hunting, which you, you love to do, and so you're like, Oh, how are you gonna complain about hunting? Well, when you spend ten hours a day in a stand and the only encounters you have out of eight days of that is probably three minutes worth. <laughs> that'll eat at you and then when you don't get a fling and arrow those three minutes worth by the end of that trip you're like i'm ready to go home well you're also running on like we were freezing in that wall tent because the wood our wood got wet like the second or third day we were there so we didn't get to use our stove yeah we didn't get to use our wood stove that we had so we didn't have a fire so we weren't like staying very warm at night you're, you're, we were eating pretty good, thanks to Justin. Oh yeah, we were eating good, but you start to get that lack of sleep, and you're running on. We bought like a hundred energy drinks. Was drinking one every time I woke up. I was drinking one. I was drinking one in the stand before I got down in the morning. <laughs> when I got back to the truck, I would drink another one, yeah. and then before I'd go out for the evening sit, I would drink one. So you're running on four hours of sleep and four energy drinks a day. That'll wear on you. You get home though, and like you take one good rest at home. You take one good night's sleep, and you wake up, drink coffee in the morning. You get hydrated again, and you're like, "Okay, I could go back for another seven days." But when you're there, it's like, "This is terrible. I don't like this. I want to go home. I'm not having fun." Yeah. No. Yeah, I remember because at camp, I was, I was, I was saying, you know, practicing my French. I was. like any little thing was just was just ticking me off because i'd i'd have a little bit of dirt in my cot and i'd be like who 
he had dirt in my cot. And then even though I know it was my dumb ass, I was, you know, I just was, was just ready to just be mad at just whatever. And so, yeah, it, I mean, that was that you can bleep out that French too, but you know, I'm just quoting myself, I guess. Yeah. It's, it sucks. Uh, I was way more rested than everyone else because since I was tagged out, I didn't, I probably hunted like 50% of the sits after that. Like I'd go like every other sit or sometimes like just wake up and cook breakfast. So I still had a very clear head because I was like, oh, it can still happen. Everybody's shooting deer. Everybody's seeing deer. This is fun. I'm having a good time. I get to sleep in in the mornings. And, but you can tell the difference when like people are going every single sit and still want to kill one because it just, it's like two different people. Like one's just like wore down. And at like 8.30, as soon as they eat, they're like, I'm going to bed. Yeah. And it's just, it's terrible. Yeah. But, I mean, it's kind of like you said, as soon as you as soon as you get back home, you get that nice hot shower. And you get to sleep in your own bed. Like, because we got home like Saturday at like, what, 3 o'clock. And then by Sunday morning, I was like, I could go hunting. But I know. No, I you guys hunted that evening. Yeah. No, no. Oh, we did. We did. Yeah, you and Carol went out. So really the only thing you lost was that one sit Sunday morning. Yep. On the way back. You you yep. just gave that one up. Which which is fine. I I totally understand. Like I wouldn't change it right now. No. No. Yeah. I mean, it's probably more favorable to look back on it now because you've actually got to shoot a buck, you've got to shoot one over a decoy. Cool things have happened since then. But do you feel like you'd still be in the blender if you hadn't got to shoot that decoy buck last week? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because Carol, Carol texted me. He was like, Hey, when are we going back down? To-? He wanted to go this weekend. And mm-hmm. with me and Abby moving and all this stuff, I was just like, there ain't no way I'll be able to get away and go move and still have someone here waiting on me when I get back. So, well, yeah, you can go do the hunting every single weekend. You just want me in a relationship. Exactly. Exactly. So I was like, man, probably not this weekend. I was like, next weekend for sure. We'll go back down there. And I got thinking, I was like, well, that's Thanksgiving. So another Southeast trip is getting planned, but it'll probably be probably be like sometime like mid-December. Yeah. Hopefully it's not freaking blown out of the water and every deer in that WMA is killed because. Oh, I'm sure it will be. That pressure, though, like that's something we could talk about for just a minute. Is that pressure that we saw this year was legitimately, I'd say, conservatively five x of what I've ever seen. Yes. Yeah. So, I, me, you, like last year when we met Clayton, which I don't know if Clayton listens to the podcast, but if he does, hey, buddy. Um, oh, Clayton got a nice one. You see that? Yeah, he Clayton shot a nice one, and he shot a doe. So obviously, they're still killing deer. But when we met Clayton last year. We were down at the lowest camp spot, and he was at the highest camp spot, and there was no one in between us. We walked across like seven camp spots to talk to each other. This year, there was every single camp spot was full, and that top big spot had five different RVs in it, like uh, fifth wheels. And then there were some camp spots that had like, like Coop's camp spot had the guys from Claremore and Lloyd and them in the same spot with two different wall tents. And then even that little campground across the creek right there was full, and the big one up on the hill was full. Yeah, and it got so bad and so packed that, uh, heck, it was later in the week. It was either Thursday or Friday. Well, whenever those other guys packed up, 
and uh, Justin was uh, – so we were in one of the bottom ones. There was an empty spot that just now emptied up, and then there was Justin's spot. And then whenever you had your truck parked there uh, because Tony was coming, mm-hmm. and how many people drove by and asked you if they could have that spot that you're There was parked? four or five different people because I was in your truck. I had dropped you off hunting. My truck was still parked in that spot, so they didn't know it was my truck. And they were like, do you know who this a-hole is parked up in this spot? He's like, there's not even a camper there. And I'm like, oh, I think someone's coming. And I didn't even know if Tony was coming at the time, but I was like, I'm not giving up that spot. Like, it's right next to Justin. So Tony ended up pulling his camper in there. But I had four to five different people ask me if they could have that spot. Like, just driving by. Like, kid, people driving by with their fifth wheel asking. They're like, I got, like, five kids. Like, people are bringing their families down there to hunt. I've never seen a woman or a child in there hunting. Ever. Cause it's not like newbie. Not that it's, it's not like newbie type of hunting. You got to hang and hunt every time or you got to use a climber every time and you got to drive 20 freaking miles back in there just to hunt. So yeah. it's not like, it's not a very desirable hunt. If you're just now starting to get into it, if you're trying to take your kid or something and it's bow only, there's another thing. So these people were taken off during the week to do it. Like this wasn't on a Saturday or a Sunday. This was like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah. everyone was there it was i i've never seen like that and i i hope it's not like that i I hope it doesn't continue to be that way because every spot there justin said it there every spot there was a place to pull your truck off that was obvious someone was parked there yeah yeah man there's i mean jared got walked up on i think justin did did justin get walked up on or no justin i don't think just jared Yeah, that's a that's another reason that I think we try to hunt some sort of places or have some in the back pocket that aren't obvious. Like, yeah, that we've noticed that people don't mind walking roads. No one minds walking a a paved or a a mowed path. But what people don't like to do is walk through that six foot tall grass that's hitting you in the face every single step. Well, how many different people did I have on trail camera going back to, to that Booner spot? Five. I think four or five. Yeah. One of the dudes was wearing like pajamas and had his hair in a, a bun, like had no gun or had no bow, had nothing. I don't think he was hunting. I think he was just walking around. Yeah. And uh, right where I usually park, there was a whole bunch of toilet paper. Used to- <laughs> right. Somebody there. went to battle where you parked. Oh, dude, he was struggling. He even used one of those uh, uh, masks. Oh, he used a mask to, yeah. for a wipe. Yeah, granted, that's the only thing those things are good for. But <laughs> yeah, and then a little bit down, it was probably like another four, five hundred yards down that little mode path. Uh, there was there's another set of used toilet paper. So if it was the same guy, he was having a bad day. Struggling. He was, he was having he was he was having a bad day, but it was a normal day for Carol. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that would just <laughs> been an average day. Yeah. Yeah. So. We're sitting pretty good as far as where we're at in mid-November. You've still got a tag. Carol's still got a couple buck tags. Um, I think one thing that we could tell the the viewer, the listener, is the rest of the year, I'm taking my dad and Luke out on a guided hunt, so that's going to be sick. That's out at Jesse's where I've actually shot. I actually shot one of my good bucks last year, but that'll be cool to video and then – Got the mule deer hunt, which I was telling you about earlier. Yeah. Um, 
I'm doing a tag along hunt with Justin on an over the counter muzzleloader mule deer hunt in Nebraska. Jordan and Justin did actually. Really? Justin said he's been wanting a mule deer. And I was like, I want a mule deer. I checked my vacation balance. I have like an extra, I have like 40 hours that I don't have accounted for, even taken off the week of Christmas. So I was like, the Lord is leading me in this way. <laughs> so I, I was like, I, I talked to Lauren about it. She was like, She's like, yeah, just just go do it if you're gonna do it. And I'm like, okay, fine, I'll do so, it. So she wasn't so, happy about it, or no, she wasn't mad about it. But she's like, this is not ideal, but I know you want to go, so I'm yeah. not telling you no. So I'm like, but you're not telling me yes either. Yeah. Uh, so basically, you better have fun because when you get back, it's probably gonna be hell. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. But we're doing, we're gonna end up doing that, and hopefully, that's fruitful. But one of the things we were talking about is some of the things we're already planning on doing next year, which is we're going to do a pronghorn hunt mm -hmm. out in the panhandle, bow, spot and stock, unless we want to sit over some water, depending how hot it is. I won't be opposed to sitting over water, but there is something about trying to spot and stock there. It's fun. Yeah, it is fun. I think that just, it's cool because pronghorn are curious and i feel like unlike other big game animals i feel like they're fairly uh they're fairly receptive and reactive to a decoy and that yeah. makes them very fun to hunt that and plus we actually have some good glassing like like we have good glassing equipment this time so if you call a ten, a pair of 10 power benign or binos <laughs> a good set of glassing equipment then we've got a problem because last time we were out there we had a 25 year old set of binoculars that had no eye cups. Mm. And then <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't say the range finder thing. <laughs> so we had a set of 10 by or 10 power binoculars and Jake, was, <laughs> I can't do it. Jake was trying to glass antelope with a range finder. <laughs> You're trying to make me go on a, on a, Dang near out-of-state hunt, basically, while I was in college. It was okay. pricey. I wasn't about to go buy some binos. Nor could <laughs> Even if I wanted to buy binos, I couldn't buy binos. Yeah. Yeah. So do you remember when we got out there with Jess, and he was like, y'all got a spot and scope? And we're like, nope. He's like, you at least got some binos? I'm like, we do yep. have a pair. <laughs> <laughs> One. And I didn't even have glasses back then, so I couldn't see even more than like like 80 yards as it was. Oh, that was, dude, that was fantastic. Still that made me, oh. that made me so happy. Now we've got two pairs of binoculars. So. Yeah. Good pairs. Double the eyes. Yep. We still had some luck spotting them, even with my piece of crap binos. Yeah, we did. I mean, we went on. Okay, you had your stock with one buck and like seven doe. Yep. And then we had that heart buck. Mm -hmm. And then there was that one other buck that was bedded down that we tried to get to. And then the fog basically drove us out. There was another buck, though, that remember we had him bedded on the backside of a hill and we took off running up to the top of the hill and we got about halfway out there and we saw him crest the hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. I remember that. So basically four i guess i guess you'd say four opportunities halfway yeah, i'd say yeah so yeah i mean that was fun it was fun i'm looking forward to that hunt quite a bit but uh 
in the meantime, we got a lot of a lot of hunts that we want to share. We've got, I think we were totaling it up before the podcast. We've got five um, just videos that we want to release as far as whitetail hunting from this fall. And good, I think we're going to end up doing that in January. Bangers. Dude. Yeah. Yeah, actually. So and we've got all the kill shots on film, which is kind of new to us. Uh, <laughs> had a lot, had a lot of videos where you have a cool, lot of cool content and then the, the deer coming in, but not the kill shot. That's not the case this year. So that's exciting. And uh, hopefully we'll have more to jump on and talk about after the next couple weeks next week's thanksgiving probably won't do an episode and then probably we'll do one the following week um when rifle season is about to wrap up yeah yeah uh so are we not are we not planning on on going up north next year as well that is another thing yeah planning on doing the i think we'll end up putting in as a group um for kansas for a whitetail one of the one of the cool things that's happened the last couple of years has been like last year, Jake and I were both tagged out by November 7th, November 6th, maybe. And we were like, okay, there's like two and a half months of the seasons left and neither of us can hunt. So it'd be nice to have an alternate state. That's not Texas that we could go hunt. And I think Kansas would, would be that. Yep. So I think we're going to do it, end up putting it as a group, probably me, you, and Carol. I don't know if anyone else is interested in going. The tag's pretty expensive, but one thing I like about Kansas is, unlike Oklahoma, where you come in and buy a non-resident tag over the counter, at least the number of people on the public land is sort of numbered from a non-resident perspective. Like, only so much pressure can be put in by non-residents. Because there's a limited amount of tags, which I really like. Yeah, so what happens if... if we put in for the Kansas and we don't get drawn out. Missouri. Missouri. That's, that's, that's my other, other like initial thought would be Missouri. I, I, an Arkansas would be fun. Like, I feel like Arkansas would just be a second Southeast Oklahoma. It would be. And that's why I kind of want to do Kansas is it's a different terrain. Yeah. Right. Completely different environment, more ag, more big trees, more rivers, like, those sorts of things. I don't want to just replicate Southeast Oklahoma again because although it's beautiful and it's mountainous and that's cool, I don't like staring at that for four weeks of the year. Yeah. yeah. It's fun for one or two weeks. Like this week, this year we hunted it four weekends and a week. I'm done with it. I do not want to go back and hunt it again. <laughs> I mean, if, if I, if I didn't already have one in my pocket, kind of like you were saying earlier, I'd be, I'd be ready to go back. I'd probably, I'd probably go back this weekend to be honest. I'd probably try to make something work. But, uh, yeah, I feel like if we don't get drawn out for Kansas, I either think Missouri would be a good option. But depending on how successful y'all are at the mule deer thing, I really want to take a swing at that. And especially if you said the, the tag was, like, just south of 300, uh, that might be an option as well. Yeah, the good thing about muley is – you know, the bow season we could go hunt and it's not just muley, right? Like it's a deer tag. So it can be a whitetail or a muley. That's true. I say we yeah. do regardless. I mean, but Kansas, Kansas. Yeah. Kansas is one of those ones that like, I don't know if I necessarily want to do it every year, but I'd love to check it off. I'd mm-hmm. love to have a big buck on the wall from Kansas. Are you wanting to do that like next year though? Or are you trying to go out to different species? 
well, we're already doing one different species with antelope. That's true. So that's like scratching an itch, right? Yeah. Even though it's still Oklahoma, it's scratching a big game, a different big game itch. Yeah. Antelope's with a bow. That's true. So that's kind of something we've kicked back and forth is like wanting to shoot more big game animal or different big game animals that are on the super slam while also shooting a good whitetail every year. Like if I could shoot one good whitetail every year and get to go chase a different species, I consider that a win. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think the timeline is? You think in September, Kansas and then October pronghorn and then that week, that first week of November, go back down to Southeast Oklahoma. Yep. I'm thinking, Yep, exactly what you said. September, Kansas. First week, there's the pronghorn season for with bow is only like a week. So mm-hmm. it's like October 1st through 7th. Do that. Maybe hunt a weekend or two in October. Those just are so unfruitful. Like you can get lucky. You can yeah. get totally lucky. Like Coop did last year and was tagged out by like t- mid October. He shot two big bucks and you're like, dang, now I want to hunt October. Yeah. But it's so much driving just to hunt a weekend, getting three sits in. So I'm sure we'll do something in October apart from the antelope. Then the week in, um, the week in Southeast and then take it from there. Heck, maybe we could be done in Oklahoma and Kansas by then, but I hope not. And I've got to play my cards, right? Cause the, you know, when you're gone six weekends in a row, it's very hard to negotiate any more time in, in the woods. So I'd like to space mine out more sort of elongate the season and, get it to where I could still stay married and get to hunt ever for a long, longer period of time. But if we get all that done quick, we're super hype and we're that much geared up ready for next year. And on top of that, we can always go to Jesse's for uh, a turkey. I want to go to Jesse's this year for a turkey so yeah. bad, especially after all those 13 Jake's we had coming to the decoy. That was fun. That There's was... got to be some more, tur- some some long beards in there this year. Dude, I haven't shot. Th- I've only shot one turkey in my life, dude, and I don't mind shooting a Jake. One comes up and struts in front of a decoy like it did with you last year. Shoot, that's an expensive Jake. That's true. Yeah, it's cool until you're like that Jake cost me three hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad that I had you there because I was like, should I shoot a Jake? And you're like, dude, I feel like we can get something a little bit better. And I was like, don't make me not shoot and i didn't <laughs> and it ended up working out but yeah. that was the only long beer we saw the entire time was that oh, bird i shot literally he's a good one yeah maybe we should have been hunting with those dudes that only hunted a few hours a day apparently they knew something we didn't yeah well uh i think that will wrap up hunt talk episode six hopefully we'll have some good hunts to and stories to share over the next couple of weeks i make sure to bring my podcast mic because i know you're going to shoot a big one with a rifle and we're going to have to talk about it oh maybe yeah. abby will shoot greatness with a rifle and let's talk about that saying abby's abby's going and we're going for her but if greatness walks out sorry yeah for sure. well thanks for uh Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Hunter's Advantage Podcast. Make sure to leave us a rating and review so other people can get to hear these hunting stories and learn about uh, Hunter's Advantage. Get on YouTube, like, and subscribe. Make sure to subscribe. We're growing a ton on YouTube right now. Hey guys, appreciate the listen to the Hunter's Advantage Podcast. 